in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the festive Glenn Stansberry. Mm. I feel festive, Brian. It's that time of year, Glenn. There's a chill in the air. Yeah, there's a sparkle in the sky. Uh, there's uh, the treetops are snowy. Yeah. Uh, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Everywhere but here, it seems Everywhere like. Here, yeah. Um, so anyway, Glenn, it's, yeah, it's Christmas time. Uh-huh. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. That's what I'm trying to get around to. It's Christmas time. It's a very special time of year. Ah. Some would say the best time of year. Yeah. That March Madness. Wonder, maybe one most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it, it could be the most wonderful time of the year. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're, we're I'm excited about that. We're sitting in a very festive environment. Mm-hmm. I got my tree up. I got the lights up. I got uh, the stockings are all hung by the... Uh, by the fireplace. Mm-hmm. There's a Santa hat right to Santa the right hat, of me. Just in case. It's like right by there. Yeah, we'll see, to, we'll see how much eggnog yeah, it's case it I, takes before I In case I, gotta... I need to quickly put on the Santa hat. <laughs> in a case of emergency, it's there. Just in case. Um, but anyway, again, Glenn, speaking of... Again, speaking... <laughs> anyway, Glenn. <laughs> speaking of being festive, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a year-round Christmas celebration. <laughs> It just gives and gives and gives. Every day you could get a new gift from Gentleman.com. It's like the Grinch who had Christmas in his heart all year round. That's right. After. After. after, after but not before. Right. He was all, you know. Yeah. Okay, was a bad. and everything. But right. after that, after he had the revelation, that's kind of yeah. like what Gentleman is. When his heart grew and grew and grew. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what Gentleman.com is. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the reformed Grinch. <laughs> right. It's like two halves. We're the better half. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want, we, you know, for Christmas, you're probably saying, like, what can I do for the co-founders of Gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Everybody out there, I'm sure, is doing that mm-hmm. right now. It's a time to give. Yeah. It's better to give than receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I would suggest going to Gentleman.com and clicking on lots of things. <laughs> uh, buying stuff on the reserve. Yes. Which is a very special place and wonderful place to find gifts for your loved ones. Or yourself. Or yourself. I mean, who do you maybe, love more? Yeah. Maybe pick up a little th- something for yourself. We're not going to tell anybody. Yeah. Um, and then once you do all that stuff, you can go over to uh, the next thing that you need to do. Um, and this, unfortunately, is required. Mm. Uh, for anyone, this is like for anyone that is listening to the podcast. This is required. You have to go listen to 126 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast, yeah. all in succession. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't promise you you're going to enjoy it, but you're going to have to do that. We've grown as podcasters, and I feel like in order to fully appreciate that, well, we've we we've marginally kind of plateaued. We may have okay. We've <laughs> yeah, but in order to appreciate that, you have to yeah. listen to all right. the previous episodes. You have to get, like, so don't take us in the context, the context of, of, you know, that we're not very good right now. You have to go back mm-hmm. and listen to when we were absolutely horrible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then listen to this. And right. then it's like, you know, you compare the two and it's like, oh, they're not that bad. I mean, there's an episode where I fell asleep. There's the, uh, yeah. the oh, what are some other ones, Brian? There's a thunderstorm in one of them. Yeah, there's a time we were sitting outside. Um, we spilled a beer all over we spilled your... a beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. 
we've had a lots of ups and downs uh, on the Jumbo podcast, but if you want to experience those moments firsthand, mm. then I would say go over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to all 126 previous episodes of the Gentleman podcast. In addition, you can follow along this, with this web episode. The links that we're going to talk about are going to be linked up there, and some other stuff like the beer that we rate and previous beer ratings that we've done uh, is they're all it's all going to be wrapped up in one little basket for you. Uh, podcast.gentleman.com. Don't wait till Christmas morning. Unwrap no. it now. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, once you once you've done that, uh, you can get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast because you're going to want to reach out and touch me and Glenn, and you can do that by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at PO Box four four two three zero five. Uh, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Send us your questions. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll talk about it on the Jimmy podcast, and we'll probably send you something back in return. Hopefully not a lump of coal. It right. depends on the tone of your letter. Maybe some eggnog. Um, and then, uh, if that failing that, if you, can't, if you can't send us a letter because maybe you're too busy um, with Christmas stuff, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. You got you to get stuff for the kids. You got to get stuff for yourself. You got to buy all that stuff on the reserve that you think is really cool that you've been wanting right. all year. Um, that's fine. Guess what? We're fine with that. You have a technology ready for you. It's called electronic mail. Yes. And um, I, I don't want to say we invented it, but we have been we've been early pioneers of electronic mail for a long time. And so uh, to promote electronic mail, you can use our email address to send us one of these. Uh, it's like an Instagram is what I call it. Yeah, if if you like want a good primer, there's a movie uh, that came out not too long ago with Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was You've got one. mail. You've got mail. Yeah, and it's uh, all about electronic mail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So watch that. That'll well, give you yeah. a pretty good idea. And then send us an email. Kind of the impact that that electronic mail can have. Right. And it, it can change people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, you can do Meg that. Ryan. Our, that well. <laughs> Meg Ryan. Yeah. Uh, you can our, our email address. Is special. It's howdy at gentleman.com. It's Meg Ryan at gentleman. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Hanks forever at uh, howdy at gentleman.com. Is the real one? Get in touch with us there. That's fine. You can also go to social networks like Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And you can you can do things like at replies and places like that. Uh, you know, send us pictures, videos, mm-hmm. whatever you want. We don't care. Um, get in touch with us. By any means necessary. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, I said my piece, and it's time to get into my favorite part of the episode, which is the drink of the week this week. And uh, this week, Glenn, I went over to uh, the store. I went to go look for some holiday ales. Um, I have to admit, I've been kind of, I've been dipping my toes into the holiday ales, and I found a couple good ones. But then I realized that we had already rated <laughs> the ones. That, it's tough because we've been doing this for 126 episodes. Right. Basically, we have 126 beers that we've rated. So it's like. <laughs> It's kind of hard to sometimes find stuff that we haven't done before, especially when you get something that's like holiday beers. But thankfully, uh, there's a never-ending supply of craft breweries that are popping up all the time, so we, we do get to try a bunch of different stuff. This is a little bit different uh, kind of thing, and, and the, the packaging immediately caught my eye. And uh, I like this company a lot. It's the Santa Fe Brewing Company. Um, my good friend Nick kind of introduced me to some of their beers, and uh, I've been really enjoying them. They're reasonably priced. This was $8.50. Um, mm. They, they all come in cans, uh, and they're all pretty tasty. So um, the one thing about this, I read about this beer, and it is a winter ale, basically. Um, it's supposed to be malty, blah, blah, blah. It's got chili flakes in it. Mm. For wow, Brian. <laughs> uh, so wow. I just, yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I, didn't, I, did, I kind of I caught that at the very end of it. Like, you, you well, I mean, like, rolled the dice anyway. When I was reading the script, I was like, "Oh yeah, this sounds pretty good." Yes, yes, yes. And chili flakes. So. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll just go with it. And see what happens. So, 
Uh, this is called the Adobe Igloo, and um, it is a full-bodied dark red and malty beer. It is traditionally balanced with extra hops, or, or sorry, traditionally balanced. These winter ales are traditionally balanced with extra hops or wintery spiced, but instead they drew upon their culinary heritage and focused on cacao nibs, which we love, hmm. and uh, red chili flakes, which I so, also love, but not. Yeah. Typically with my cacao nibs. I, I, I typically have beer. the red chili flakes on a pizza. Yes, very good on a pizza. Which uh, maybe they maybe maybe they thought about. I don't know. But um, pizza flavored beer? That's not a bad idea. But anyway, Glenn, okay, so this is this is the Adobe Igloo. Interesting name. And um, it is let me get, let me uh, tell you uh, what the stats are with this. This is a winter warmer style beer, mm-hmm. which I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a deep red color. It's full bodied. The alcohol by volume is six percent. IBU is eighteen. Uh, mm. So, uh, so yeah. So that's the rundown on this one. Um, what do you say we uh, Let's crack, crack open. open and see see what these uh, these taste like? Let's get some chili flakes. I think I have some chili flakes. If you want extra chili oh, flakes, oh, I don't think <laughs> I might go for the nibs before I go to the right to the hot sauce. Cheers, cheers, my buddy. Can't really taste the chili. Okay, now I taste the chili flakes, but they're not spicy. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's like a, it's like a normal, you know, malty beer. I think it even says you're not supposed to be able to taste. There's no heat. There's no heat with the chili flakes. It's got a little bit of chili flavor, but no heat. Hmm. It's got a dusty raw cocoa. It is, it is dusty raw dusty cocoa. Dusty raw cocoa. That's how I like my nibs. I think it's pretty good. I kind of like it, actually. I do, too. It's, it's a little it, different. It's uh, it's kind of like... Uh, it's earthy. You know, like... Uh, yeah, it's like licking the dirt. Yeah, it's not It's not smooth. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's smooth enough, but it's not like... You know... Let me ask you this. Yeah. If I had not mentioned anything about the chili flakes, would you be able to... No. Okay. No. But I can... I know that they're... I like I can kind of taste them. It's a mental thing. Now it is. Know. Yeah. Now that you know. I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I can... I can taste, taste them, but it's it. only because I know. Okay, Glenn. Well, if you had to uh, mm. attach an arbitrary rating to this particular uh, winter warmer beer, what would you what would you do to that? <clears throat> hmm. I think this is more... Um, I've had a couple winter warmers before. Uh, and oh, okay, so you're familiar. Mm, yes, I warmer. am. Okay, I thought the beer we did uh, last episode was a winter warmer. It could be. I was just not paying attention. <laughs> the this last is episode. so good. This yeah. is so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I like it. I like it well enough. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite uh, holiday beers, but it's good. Yeah, um, I'd say it's pretty good. I would say it's a solid seven point nine. That's that's what I'm gonna do. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was gonna go uh, 8.0 actually. Okay. Just right into the eights because I feel like 8.50 is mm-hmm. starting to become a rarity that it's like beers are that cheap. Yeah. Which is hard to say yep. for me. It's a sad day, but it's true. Six uh, percent alcohol. Yeah, that's good. 18 IBUs, pretty low on the IBU count. Pretty malty. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's very malty. It's almost like like an Oktoberfest kind of malt. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that. Uh. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter what we think. Mm-mm. We just told you all that Mm-mm. stuff, and it makes not a hill of beans difference. Uh, the real person, uh, the artificial person that matters in this fight is the mustache twist scale computer. Right. Uh, the MTS computer, as we know and love it, and it is going to take all the facts that we just said. Yes. Uh, 
that we just discussed, and it's going to wrap it up all into a pretty little package to put under your tree in the form of an MTS rating. <laughs> uh, so let me let me. T- I'm gonna what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write I'm gonna t- uh, write or I'm gonna type in not write. This isn't the 17th century. I'm gonna <laughs> type in to my computer, the MTS computer, uh, all the facts about the beer, uh, and we will know empirically based on science algorithms and artificial intelligence mm-hmm. what the rating for this uh, adobe igloo beer is and so chili flakes yep we said okay so it would say it's a style of, uh, the style is the winter warmer it's a deep red color the body is full not not half full it's full um it's yeah, it's full six percent alcohol by volume 18 ibus 14.1 degrees play-doh not 14.0 not 14.2 but 14.1 degrees play-doh yes uh, that's the original gravity. Sorry, the finishing gravity is three point zero degrees Play-Doh. Nice even uh, uh, finishing gravity. Yeah, uh, which is nice. I like that. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that's all the facts. I feel like I can hear the MTS computer uh, finishing up. The the getting to the point where it's going to be finishing up. I, I'm getting to know the computer better and better. And I know now that it's it's finishing up its printing job. I'm just going to step over here. I'm going to pull this print off, and then I will tell you what the uh, official MTS score for the Adobe Igloo is. Okay, got the uh, print off here. <laughs> gonna flip through and find the actual score there's a lot of information that gets printed off yes i think you can hear in the background how much it actually gets printed off uh and it just it does a lot of research it really goes in depth in a way that a human being couldn't this is like my oh, christmas oh, list i wonder if artificial intelligence is going to replace our taste buds like we're not even going to drink beer anymore we're going to have some other just someone tell us like how it, it tastes yeah yeah we just watch and then them. we just watch them drink it. That could be. We should work on that. Uh, yeah. Way of the future. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, the MTS computer has weighed in, and it says uh, that it computes to a seven point nine five on the MTS scale, which is wow. pretty pretty solid. That's, That's a pretty solid, solid score for the MTS computer. It must not mind the chili flakes either. Brian, I don't know if we're getting better at getting beer or if beer is getting better, but our ratings have been. I think they've steadily risen. Well, but, I'd have to fact check that. I'm not sure. Let me put it this way. I feel like we've had a lot less stinkers than... Uh, That's because we haven't had an Iron Maiden beer. We haven't had a Goes. <laughs> we, we figured out what we don't like. Yeah, and we avoid that. <laughs> maybe it's um, us. Maybe we're maybe machine learning. Us. Maybe us. Yeah, maybe our algorithms are, evol- are evolving. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the story on that. Uh, it doesn't matter what Beersnob.com says. No. I, I would normally go look at Beersnob.com and tell you, but... Please don't care what's this week. <sighs> Maybe I should. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll, I'll, t- I'll pull this and I'll look it up. Okay, so the MTS computer, the official empirical scale, most extra scale computer, says 7.95. Uh, our friends over at beersnob.com, they run a little site that is not very highly trafficked, but they're snobby about beers, so we like to, you know, talk about them on the show from time to time. And it's interesting. They give this a 6.68. A 6.68. Out of 10. That's a rough low. scale. It's pretty rough. I, that the snobs must not like this beer. Why? Uh, how many ratings? Over fifty. Fifty-five ratings. It's an okay. Yep. So don't listen to the beer snobs that you know. Listen to the MTS MTS computer. I mean, Brian. What can I say? There's fake news everywhere. That's right? true. That's true. Uh, now we have fake beer news. You can trust us and the MTS That's computer. Right. Uh, it should be noted also that, it, a gentlemen, we have a uh, fake news algorithm 
so that That's right. we hand select articles that aren't fake news. And the things that we talk about on the podcast are one hundred percent guaranteed to Accurate. not be fake mm-hmm. news. Oh, hang on, uh, Brian, are you getting that call too uh, from our, our lawyers? Uh, are you getting that too? Yeah, they say don't say that things uh. aren't fake news because they might be. <laughs> huh? So you should just take that with a grain of salt. Uh, um, all right. Well, anyway. Speaking of which, Brian, should we talk about some of the best stuff posted on Gentleman in the past couple weeks? Yeah. All sounds right. good. Well, uh, gosh. Uh, this article that, that Razorback posted, uh, it sounds like fake news, Brian. Uh, you'd think this would be fake, but it's real. But we have, we have uh, fact-checked this, and there are some reliable sources within this article from the Dallas News. We actually flew to El Paso yes. to, uh, to investigate this. That's right. And uh, the title of this tack by our good buddy Razorback is Woman Tries to Smuggle 227 Pounds of Bologna Across Border. Um, that's right. And uh, we're going to jaunt down to a little place called El Paso, Texas, where um, a woman this past week was crossing through the border from Mexico to the U.S. And the customs border officials asked her, you know, standard questions, do you have any you know, fruit, vegetables, meat, or any other contraband. And she said, oh, no, no, of course not. But after a second pass of questions from the border officials, they asked her again, you know, you sure you don't have any uh, any contraband? You know, any any, any Put food? the pressure on. Yeah. Any, you know, anything. And uh, she said, well, I, I, all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I have a little, I have some, I have, I have some salchicha, which is uh, bologna. Interesting. And it turns out she had 23 rolls of Mexican bologna underneath. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. 23 rolls of Mexican bologna under the, the, floors, the floor mats in her car. Um, which is really, when you look at the pictures, that's pretty, that's a lot. And I'm amazed that the officials couldn't like look at her floorboards and see that they're mm. raised about two feet off of the, uh, yeah. um, where they should have been. But anyway, yeah, the, the 227 pounds, and the, uh, the the Customs and Border Patrol official Twitter site posted a picture of all the baloney, and it says, the CBP wants to let you know that this baloney has a first name, and it's S-E-I-Z-E-D. Seized. 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 <laughs> oh, seized, right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it was only enough to make 1,800 cold-cut sandwiches, so I... I feel like, and they, she, they ended up uh, finding her thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Thousand. That's some expensive baloney right there. I, I still think it was worth it, and we'll never know why she did that. We, I, I nope. We they sure don't won't. explain it, so I don't know. That's kind of anyway. Well, uh, that's interesting. I, thankfully, the border patrol was the, you know got got the job done. Um, that's right. Made sure that we are safe from all this baloney. Yes, they're the ones who have to make the cold cut, uh, the tough decisions when it comes to, uh, uh. yeah, the, the thing, when I was, when I first saw this article, I, on, on Gentleman, I, I saw, I looked at the comments, and the first comment literally had me rolling, well, not rolling, I was laughing for 60 seconds, at least, um, and Anya Kister wrote, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's true. Uh, that's true. Uh, oh, and they destroyed the bacon. Bacon. They destroyed the bologna. Mm. Good. Yeah. It's good. Not, I mean, I just, that's so wasteful. Well. 
Because you don't know. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, you know? Anyway. Okay, Glenn. So what do we got up next? Hi, Brian. Well, this is from a member who's been around almost from day one. Zamoose. And Zamoose, every now and again, will just lay an egg out there that is... That's not an egg. It's like a nugget. A nugget of... of Wisdom. A pearl of goodness. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. And it's from the website nowiknow.com. The largest man-made accidental explosion. And during World War One, Nova Scotia, two ships collided. I'm imagining like Ken Burns right yes. now. <laughs> the year was 1917. <laughs> it was a cold December day. Uh, and so, Nova Scotia, there's a cargo ship, the Mont Blanc, which was uh, a French freight ship. It collided with a um, Norwegian passenger freight ship, and right outside of Nova Scotia. And the problem with this particular um, collision was is that the French cargo ship was loaded with munitions for the war uh, to help aid the Allies. And um, this caused... So, the two ships collide, and the crews disembark. But because the people in Nova Scotia mainly spoke English, the people on the ship mainly spoke French, they think that they had a hard time communicating that, oh yeah, our ship's on fire, and there's lots of ammunition in it. Mm. And the cargo hold eventually blew, and it uh, created a... Explosion with the intensity that was about one fifth of an atomic bomb. So that's a good size explosion, right? Put into perspective, the the earthquake-like shake was recorded seventy-five miles away. The explosion could be heard over a hundred miles away, and the blast was so powerful that a half-ton piece of the anchor shot straight up into the air and landed two miles away. Wow! Uh, yeah. Also. There was a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Sixty-foot yeah. tsunami, and uh, they think it killed about two thousand people. Mm. So it was quite. A, I mean, that's awful. <laughs> Widely considered the largest uh, man-made explosion. That I, I I don't know. I don't know. I just I was reading this trying to put it in perspective. Mm. All those things, hearing it a hundred miles away, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty incredible. Um, two thousand people too. That's quite a. Yeah, the, the, they said nine thousand people were injured from it. Yeah, and the and, the, sh- the, and the ship with all the the ammunition was like instantly vaporized. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, this is I don't know. Ah. Wow. So the moral of the story is everybody should speak, should speak French just in case, right? Just in case, or at least know what you know fireworks and uh, danger. Yeah, a horrible accident means death. <laughs> Well, it's not something to laugh at. It's just an interesting story. I, I, I had this is something that I had no idea happened, uh, and this is, that's the great thing about gentleman.com. Is sometimes you run across stuff like this. It's really interesting, and um, you never would have known actually took place, but now you do. Now you do. now you do now you do. Okay, so great post from Zamoose. If you want to read more about this uh, about that story, it's kind of interesting. Uh, check out podcast.gentleman.com, and I will link it up over there. Uh, and we're going to talk about a final. Th- uh, link that we're going to talk about tonight, which uh, was posted from our good buddy, uh, one of a kind, Razorback. Um, and this is called Man Fires Up Grill at Waffle House as Worker Sleeps. 
This is a New York Post story uh, based on a guy's Facebook, uh, Alex Bowen, a 36-year-old flooring installer from West Columbia, South Carolina. Posted a little story on his Facebook timeline. On uh, November 30th, it went viral. Essentially, uh, Mr. Bowen was traveling home after a night of drinking with his buddies. Walks by a Waffle House. What are you going to do? Your stomach's... Waffle House is so good. I I enjoy Waffle House a great deal. Only and, at that time, though. Well, I would... I, I would, Really? Yeah, I would take it any time of the day. Sober, you would anytime, need to... Anytime I could take it, I would. And right. uh, well, hmm. So Mr. Bowen, though, happened to be... You know, had a few drinks, I, I believe. I don't think he ever comes out and says that, but he was at a drinking establishment with his friends. Let's put two and two together on I this one. I think he did say that. Uh, and anyway, so... He he str- he strolls into the uh, Waffle House, stands at the register, and no one comes to uh, take his order. So this sounds like a go-getter. I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Because he says, after about 10 minutes of waiting, that's when I started grilling me up a Texas bacon cheesesteak melt. <laughs> and uh, he said he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. He steps behind the counter and starts making food, and he assumed that he it was just a joke. He thought for sure the worker would show up and, you know... Tell him, wake up, get the heck out of there. Uh, and it, it, it was around this time that he noticed that the, the employee was there was an employee that was sleeping on the job, that, and that's why it. Anyway, the employee didn't wake up the whole time, so he took lots of pictures of himself. He grilled up a Texas uh, bacon cheesesteak melt, <laughs> put it in a to-go container, cleaned up the grill, and then walked out. He said he uh, initially didn't pay, but the next morning he woke up and he felt bad, and he returned uh, to pay the money for the cheesesteak melt. So, I like um, this guy. Yeah, you know, uh, he totally got away with it, and he probably got, could have gotten in some trouble going back. And so, but he he still did the right thing. He went back to um, Waffle House. Uh, uh, commented on this and said that they thanked him for pointing out uh, a part a problem with their business, and that they had reached out to him and asked him to uh, join them as a cook. Mm-hmm. So the, the interesting thing about this is that uh, he refutes that claim. He says. They're offering me a job as a cook. First thing I'm hearing about it. <laughs> so maybe it was just some slick Waffle House PR guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, like, oh, yeah, Mr. But we we asked him to, uh, you know, be a celebrity chef for us. Mm-hmm. I like I like this guy. I, I do too. I, I, you know, he didn't have. If I can, I'm just guessing here by the, um, by his expressions in the pictures and his uh, eyes, that maybe he didn't have his, all his wits around him. Mm. About him, but well, when you're when you're staring at that golden cheesesteak melt. I mean, there's nothing uh, else that, you know... He had a one-track mind. There's, <laughs> what, there's nothing that can stop a person when the, they have their eye on the prize like that. I kind of want a Texas bacon cheesesteak melt. I don't know what it is. It sounds delicious. Sounds fine with me. Is the Texas the Texas toast? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I like cheesesteak. Sure I like Waffle House. So I think, <laughs> I think it would be good. I've had some good experiences at Waffle House. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn. Okay, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, don't try that at home, but... Uh, yeah. Maybe I don't know if if you can't get yourself a Texas cheesesteak melt, maybe you should take your destiny in your own hands. <clears throat> get things done. Uh, speaking of destiny, Glenn, it's time for the toast this week, and uh, this is a little different toast. Hmm. This we kind of went in a different direction here. Uh, we are going to toast Budweiser. Um, Budweiser. Let me back up a second. Budweiser has come out with some ads that everyone has seen that has a pulse. Mm -hmm. I keep seeing these all over the place. You know what I'm talking about. It is the ad where it's a medieval setting. Some people bring in Bud Light, and the king uh, appreciates these gifts until somebody brings uh, a glass of mead that's supposed to be like a hipster Mm -hmm. kind of character. 
and he says, we're going to take you to the pit of misery. And they have this catchphrase, dilly dilly, which is really starting to bother me because I'm starting to hear it other places. You know, <laughs> it's like that what's up thing from like 10 years ago. Oh, the, bu- yeah. the Budweiser. Budweiser, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. I, I keep hearing dilly dilly other places. It's really bothering me. I haven't me. heard this. Oh, my gosh. I keep hearing it and seeing it. I just, it's really bothering the heck out of me. But anyway, the point is. Dilly Dilly has become kind of a catchphrase that people are saying. And in fact, there is a brewery in uh, Minneapolis called Modest Modest Brewing, which I think we've heard of before. I feel like we've... I think we've... I think we might have done it one of the beers. I don't know. We need to now. Anyway, they released a mosaic double IPA called Dilly Dilly. Uh, obviously, when Budweiser found out about this, they're a big company. They have to put a cease and desist on yeah. these guys, you know, to get them to stop doing this. And uh, instead of just sending a letter from their lawyer, they actually sent an actor that in full medieval garb, dressed as like a town crier character, with a scroll that was the cease and desist order, and had him walk into their headquarters and announce that they had to make the Dilly Dilly beer a special, like a special release that was a limited run, and that would be it, Mm -hmm. and otherwise he was going to take them to the pit of misery. Yes. So uh, anyway, I, so uh, it's really cool that a company as big as Budweiser is and, and all that stuff and as corporate as they are uh, saw this as an opportunity to do some great marketing and, you know, handle the, handle the legal business that had to be handled. And that's the thing. Like people don't understand about trademark and patent law is that you have to actively protect right. your patents, not because you um, want to. Right. Because you have to, because if you don't. They a court somebody you know you could try to sue somebody in in the future, and if the court sees a pattern of you neglecting your right selectively uh, enforcing your right exactly then right. they then they will say oh you, you forego your your rights mm-hmm. to it so mm-hmm. Budweiser has to right oh man I, I it's it's this is so smart it's so smart it is really smart yeah. and it's good PR for them everybody's going to hear about it um, and it was a cease and desist which yeah. is like the last thing you want to have to do publicly. Yeah, and it's another small. It's a craft brewery. Like right, you don't want right. to be seen like in the in the public spheres. You don't want to be seen as the big bad Budweiser that yeah. you know sends everybody cease and desist letter and picks on little breweries. So instead, they show they have a sense of humor. Yeah, um, they handle the thing, and and, and, and they still let them do like the limited release, that, that, which was cool. They didn't just say like stop doing it. They said like you can do it, but just make sure that you don't ever do like don't ever cr- don't, don't, don't do it again. yeah don't do it again. <laughs> and the, an- another nice thing that they did, the town crier, you know. Told everyone was that the 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 brewery got to pick a couple people to go to the oh, Super yeah. Bowl, yeah, and hang out in their suites or whatever. Yeah, so they 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 told the company they could they could send a couple of individuals, and Budweiser would pay for their tickets to the Super Bowl. A pretty awesome deal. That is pretty awesome. We should try to infringe on copyright more often. I, I know. I we should incorporate hmm. uh, the we should make the Dilly Dilly podcast or something. Apparently. <laughs> um, so anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just thought it was cool that, you know, Budweiser, uh, they handled it the right way. Handled it a, a smart way. It was a win-win for everybody. Mm. So uh, so anyway, yeah, we should, if we haven't done uh, Modest Brewing, I, th- I feel like we should check it out. But um, I, I think I think we might have done Modest? Modest? Modest, maybe? Modest? I feel like, huh? No, I don't know. I don't, I don't recognize it. Anyway. Well, see, there you go. We need to now. The uh, the Budweiser people shine, shine light on these on this brewery. And Everybody now, wins. Now I'm I, I'm interested and I want to go check it out. So anyway, uh, well, a toast to uh, Budweiser and uh, corporations doing things the right way. Cheers to the king. Dilly dilly.
Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Glenn, okay, that means it's time for uh, the segment that we like to call the um, Hot and Buttin! Topic. topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, there, there's, well, first of all, there's a new <clears throat> Star Wars coming out. Oh really? Which you're not you weren't aware of. But, I, oh no, I uh, wasn't. <laughs> there, there's a new Star Wars coming out, but also Ugh. interesting news has come out about another Star franchise, Star yes. Trek. Yep. Um, apparently, none other than Quentin Tarantino is very interested in directing a Star Trek movie, which is incredible to me that that even is like I read the headline and I was just like, this is amazing, um, and it's actually. Probably, it sounds like it's going to happen. I mean, a lot of times in Hollywood, things don't work out. But it sounds like, you know, J.J. Abrams is going to be a producer. Oh, man. They're going to find a director. Or they're going to find a writer to, to write the screenplay. And then Quentin Tarantino is going to direct. I, 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 don't, I, I have to watch that movie. I have to. I think, every, I, I, I think everybody would. I've kind of given up trying to keep up with all the the the... Franchise movies, yeah, I've given up. I've gotten sick of it. Right, I just can't. You know, yeah. any any of them that come out, I don't really have. If 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 Lynn, you know, rents one or whatever, I'll watch it. But mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, I've just gotten so sick of it. But yeah. that one, that one, yes, yeah, um, yeah. Star Trek. I mean, it's been through so many iterations. There's so many movies. It's just crazy. And Star Wars is going to be like that. Yeah, you know, it's already starting to kind of go that direction. But... Well, J.J. Abrams has done both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Which I really like the reboot that he did with Star Trek, and obviously Star he's, Wars. Yeah, he's very good at at that kind of movie. Yeah, um, you know, kind of making it commercially viable and at the same time, you know, cool a little bit. But I think what's really—I mean, I think it's pretty interesting just to think I, the idea of Tarantino doing a franchise movie is the weirdest and coolest yes. thing. Yes, I wish he would have done a Star Wars movie because I think that oh. would be like. Hey. Insane, you know. But, he says he won't. Well, and that's interesting because he's always maintained that he's only going to do ten movies, and then he's going to retire. Total? How many has he done? Like nine or something, <laughs> eight or nine. I Just can't gonna go out with the cash cow, basically. I think. Look, I don't know if that's a like, but there's like some number. He's like, I'm doing ten or eleven or twelve movies or something, and then he's, and yeah, he's got a finite. He's he's always said that throughout his career. He's only doing this amount of money, and he's then he's done. He's hmm. gonna walk away. And Kill Bill is counting it as one. But Even though it's a... It's two. Well, it's two. It's split up in two, but it's counted two. as one for okay. anybody that's trying to keep count. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but there's some other interesting parts about this that beyond that. And that is that uh, Quentin Tarantino got, I believe it's Paramount Pictures. It doesn't matter. The big movie studio that's in charge yeah. of Star Trek yeah. uh, to agree to make it an R rating. He said that was his one condition was that it has to be an R. That's they're, crazy. They're normally PG-13. Yes. Um, but it was interesting because they brought up, um, gosh, what movie was it? The uh, Dead, uh, Dead Deadpool, Deadpool, mm-hmm. which was like the first Action Man yeah. R-rated movie mm-hmm. that was like a huge box office yeah. success. So they're probably looking at that and saying, "Oh, that's not that big of a deal." Um, he's the guy that came to Paramount with the idea, so he actually like had the idea in his head that he would want to go do this. Gosh, no, I, um, man, think of all the all the. All the money that's on the table with like little kids and the licensing for, for toys and things. If you have an R-rated movie, how do you reconcile that? It seems crazy. It seems crazy to do this. Like, uh, are all Tarantino fans going to go watch a Star Trek movie? All right. And are Star Trek 
fans gonna go watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, they movie. have to. It's like they're morally bound to. I, yeah, I mean, I think I, everyone's morally bound. To. I, I'm there. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah, be yeah, there yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm a Tarantino fan. I'm not like a nutcase about it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I don't think I saw his latest one in the theater. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but no, I mean, ever since going back, Pulp Fiction was, like, mm. the first one I saw in the theater, and I, I was blown away by that. And, of course, I've seen all of his movies since then. Um, but having him do a, a Star Trek movie would be really interesting. I Just the idea of the whole franchise thing with Tarantino is crazy. Um, but another interesting, a couple of interesting things about this was that one of the main persons that they're thinking about to be the screenwriter... Yeah. Is the guy that wrote the screenplay for The Revenant? <laughs> have you seen that? No, I it's, have not. <laughs> it's The Revenant is like this story about this mountain man that fights a bear and then almost dies, but then lives to, you know, do, like this crazy. It's like this really gritty, uh, old west kind of like it. Just the like the the, <laughs> the idea of this guy doing Star Trek just seems insane. Um. <laughs> The re- and uh, so that was interesting. I just thought about like the idea of this crazy, like this this guy that's known for making the Revenant, yeah, write the thing is is pretty interesting. Yeah. But then the coup de gras about this whole deal is that Patrick Stewart, none other than Jean Luc Picard, that's right, has always wanted to be in a, ter- a Quentin Tarantino film. So there is a chance that he could reprise his role as Jean Luc Picard in order to be into into a uh, a Tarantino film. Wow. So there is a lot to unpack there, Brian. There is a lot of unpack there. I mean, uh, the, and there's a lot more about this. Like they they have some stuff about you know they're guessing what it's going to be about the storyline stuff like that. It's hard to say at this point because it's still still very early. Like this this I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm pretty stoked about it. If it does, I would be into it. And Tarantino's working. <laughs> Tarantino's like working. He's in the middle of working on a different film right now. So it'll be a while before we even know if this is going to go or not. Um, so yeah, he's actually working on a movie about the Manson family. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll see. I don't. I think it could work. I think it would be. I think it could be like a, a huge hit. I think it could be too because I mean, you think of all the ser- like when Batman went dark and they did the Dark Knight. Yeah. This I mean, is going to be really dark, though. This yeah. is going to be like... <laughs> yeah. I think The Dark Knight was still PG-13, obviously. Yeah, I, do. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. It's been a while since I've seen a Tarantino movie. Really? Um, wait. Shoot. What was the last one I saw? I, I can't remember the last one I've seen, actually. Well, Glorious Bastards is pretty recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of... I can't remember what the... The, the, the last one he did, I can't remember. It's like the... Is it the one with the, the guitar player? Yeah, that's what they. We actually talked about it on a podcast where he, he uh, smashed the guitar. Kurt Douglas actually. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, not Kurt Douglas. Uh, this, that would be weird. More or less the same. <laughs> uh, smashed an actual one hundred fifty, sixty thousand dollars Martin guitar. Yeah, like a, an old, yeah, like actually borrowed on loan from a museum. Yeah, guitar. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, the Hateful Eight. That's Hateful Eight. Yeah. Uh, did you watch that one? No, I just saw that clip from. Oh. from it's it's all it's i just want to go out and go watch some tarantino movies um yeah so anyway well we'll see what happens i'm hoping it gets made i don't know 
seems pretty serious, right? I mean, he got J.J. Abrams to sign on as producer. He's already cleared the R rating uh, with Paramount. Um, they're I, looking for screenwriters. Revenant guy's on board. You know? <laughs> of course he's on board. He had a movie about yeah, Tar- this. Yeah. Tarantino's sitting around. Okay, what I want to do is Star Trek. Here's my video. Yes. Okay, I, sign me up. Right. Do you do a Star Yes. Okay. Gotta be rated R. Yeah. And I gotta get the guy from the weird movie. Hmm. Okay. Thing is, though, is that, like, it's not... The thing that we're learning is that there's no finite amount of these movies. They're just going to no. keep cranking out Star Trek yeah, and absolutely. Star Wars yeah. and Hunger Games. Well, actually, I don't know about that one, but yeah, I'm just, just right. Know, free Whatever franchise, here. yeah. Yeah, insert franchise here. Yep, exactly. There's going to be no actual independent movies. Pretty soon there's only going to be five movies. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Star Wars, right. Star Trek, The Avengers, yep. and, uh, you know. Jurassic Park. And uh, the latest Pixar movie, yeah, Pixar, that, yeah. and that's going to be it. So, um, so anyway, yeah. Weird. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to keep. We'll, we'll have to keep on this story, yeah, and find out what happens about it. If they can somehow cast Jim Carrey in this, yes, I want to see Jim Carrey in a Tarantino movie. Jim Carrey, Tarantino, Star Trek movie. Then, then I will. I don't know what will happen to me. I mean, it's like universes. You know, Jim Carrey is really on the fringes these days. <laughs> he is out, and he did a, a little bit. Or, uh, um, Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind. Yeah, I mean that was kind of an out there. That was pretty serious. Yeah, Cable Guy, pretty um, dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking him as uh, as Data. <laughs> oh yeah, like the robot. Yeah, yeah. Be, he'd probably be pretty good at that. Well, and sadly, they have an opening for the um, the Russian kid. Uh, Ooh, yeah. So, could slide in there, I guess. <laughs> Not to make light of his death, but uh, I'm just saying, there's a role that needs to be filled. Anyway, ah. well, should we move well, on? Right? Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens Ooh, with that. Okay. Um, on a lighter note, Glenn. Yes. Yes. Uh, please. <laughs> There is a. <laughs> Why are we laughing? I'm laughing at you. Because... I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, so anyway, yeah. Um, that means it's time. <laughs> that means it's time for uh, a little segment that we like to call "Questions from the Gentleman Mailbag," Glenn. And uh, you know, this week it is. It's 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 palpable. It's almost Christmas time, and uh, you know I was just sitting here on my couch, thinking about the world and mm. life, wow, and Christmas and uh, celebrities, <laughs> and uh, mm. you know these are the things I think about when I'm yeah. alone on my couch, right. uh, <laughs> sitting there in the dark. And um, yeah. anyway, Glenn, the, the que- I'm trying to get to the point of the question. The question is. If you could sing a duet with anyone, like a Christmas song, mm-hmm. like anyone, and what would the what would the Christmas song be, and who would you sing the duet with? All right, this is a this is a this is a fantastic question. Yeah, really this is. is one of the better questions we've this had. It's a deep question. It's a deep question. There's so many options. There's this can go anyway. Yeah. All right. So, I recently watched uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm. Yep. Okay. And there's a scene that I love. Um, it's when Chevy Chase is at the window and he's envisioning this pool, pool he's going to yeah. have. Yep. And 
I almost cry laughing. Actually, I did cry laughing uh, this past week watching it because his facial expressions just slay me. <laughs> but the thing that makes it so great is there's a song that's playing in the background, and it's Melikaliki Maka by oh, Bing Crosby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was trying to think of what song it was that was playing there. And for whatever reason, I, there's no logical explanation for it, explanation for this, but I love that song. And I can't ever get out of my head, and I hate it for that reason. Yeah. It's just this weird... Yeah, it's never going to Not really Christmassy. It yeah. doesn't sound Christmassy at all. But I just love it. So I would sing a duet with Bing Crosby. Oh, wow. Malakaliki Maka. Or Chevy wow. Chase. I would sing with Chevy Chase, too. He's pretty musical. Wow, Bing Crosby. That's straight to the top. I mean, hey, it's... No shortcuts. No, there's not. Actually, I mean, that would be a shortcut. That's the, yeah. <laughs> Stepping That'd over everyone <laughs> to get to Bing Crosby for the Christmas song. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What about you? Okay, well, I have, I have two. Oh, two. Okay. I have two. There's two. I just couldn't reconcile which one I'd rather do. Hmm? Okay. Hmm? Um, Stick on, brother. And the first one is the song "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Yes, in the style of Frank Sinatra. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With Bill Snyder. <laughs> Now I could just envision, you know, me and Bill, you know. Oh man, you know, there's a lot of background singing in that. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. Gonna, uh, wow. I could, I could hit the high notes, and he could just kind of do that. See, because I know that Bill Snyder's favorite musician is Frank Sinatra, yeah. and Frank Sinatra has really has a really well known version of that. Probably shook his hand. And I'm pretty sure that Snyder has a record somewhere that on Christmas Day when he comes home to the house for an hour from the office, <laughs> he puts on. Has a cup of eggnog and then goes back to the work uh, and listens to the Frank Sinatra. I'm sure. So um, I, I do the I do the uh, the duet with uh, me and Bill Snyder. That'd be good. I would love to hear that. Yeah, duet. I think that would be a good one. Um, and that would yeah. And, and so that would be kind of your classic, hmm. you know, Christmas thing. The other one I thought of was me and David Lee Roth singing mm. Feliz Navidad. Wow! <laughs> See, that'd be yes, that'd be that good. would be great. You know, I hate that song, but yes. I was thinking, like, if me and David Lee Roth were singing this, like, yes. say we're at yes. some cantina in Mexico, and we, you know, we've had a few beer, we had a few cervezas, and we start singing Feliz Navidad together, and he's got that high scream, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that could really be incorporated well, you know, and. uh Wow! So I think that could be pretty good. We we need to start one of those uh, GoFundMe's or, or, yeah. or, or uh, you know to get help David Lee Roth help me sing yeah. Feliz Navidad with, with David, David Lee Roth. This this isn't random. No, uh, this. <laughs> I just got to convince the world that this should happen. You've convinced me. I I, I was on board as soon as you said David Lee Roth. Yeah. I think that'd be incredible. You could have said, you know, Away in a Manger with David Lee Roth, and I would have been on board. Yeah, I, I mean, I could have I, probably any song plus David yeah. Lee Roth, basically. But I felt like Feliz Navidad was like that would be a good one. You and know, it, there's a little bit of it needs to be freshened up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. It needs to be a little needs a little injection of something. I, I thought about that song, but I couldn't bring myself to sing it one more time. <laughs> We have this. Or- My kids just love that song. And oh gosh! I, 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 it's all I hear. It's all they ask for every year. That's that's not good. You There's, should have never. You should have found a way to never expose them to Feliz Navidad. Well, that's the problem. Is one of my, I think on one of the podcasts we actually said that was like the worst Christmas. Song you you laughed for like two minutes straight at my horror <laughs> that I have every Christmas. Yeah, I, we have this uh, ornament. 
it's this little uh, guitar, like a classical oh guitar. Oh my gosh. And you hit this button and it plays, you know, a minute of Feliz Navidad. And they just like <laughs> pound that thing. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Unfortunately, it ran out of batteries this year. Oh. I don't know how that happened. I think it was being in storage. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see you like wrapping some duct tape on it to push the button down and like just ramming the screwdriver it. in it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's unfortunate. Then, yeah. Wow. Then you know never to buy an ornament like that ever again. I, did, I didn't buy it. It was given to me. Oh. You know, I needed to get a gift for you this year. Oh, so, <laughs> I know exactly. I know no, exactly what to you get know you. What? Don't worry about year. me. Yeah. Listen. Let's put that down on the list. Hey, you don't have to worry about me. <laughs> you should give that to somebody else. That's a good idea. Yeah, at least not my dad. Well, anyway, I, I'll get in touch with Daily, Daily Roth. I'll call up his agent. We'll get this. We'll get the ball rolling. Oh, I'll man. have his people talk to my people. I don't know if I would ever stop laughing. Just if I could go, I would get kicked off set. I'd just love to see him do it. I would yeah. just love to see him sing Feliz Navidad. You'd have to get, you'd have to get pretty hammered. Yes, and then just go do it. Yeah, yeah. That would be a good time, though. I think. I think that would work out well. Oh man. Well, anyway, look, I've got plenty of ideas. Some of them are from Christmas duets. Just saying. Anything with Robert Goulet? Uh, uh, no, not yet, but maybe yeah. next year. I'll think okay. about that. Um, okay. So anyway, so either me and Bill Snyder or me and uh, David Lee Roth. Or all three of us. All three of us get together and sing. Now that is a winning combination. That could be an interesting uh, generational uh, situation. It's like Bing Crosby and Sinatra, or, uh, uh, David Sinatra, Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Generational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess David Lee would be, be that in weird. between, and it would be that weird too. <laughs> I don't know, David. Lee really, Saunders. <laughs> how old is David Lee Roth? He's probably in his fifties. Oh gosh, he's got to be at least. And Snyder's at least one hundred and fifty. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, anyway. Okay. Well, uh, I heard today that Bill Snyder's coming back for next year. Yay! I say, good on you, Bill. <laughs> Keep them coming. Mm. Keep those hits coming. Uh, I keep playing the hits. So anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, um, that's episode 127 of the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Because mm. I don't know if we're, I don't think we're going to do another podcast before Christmas. I don't believe. No, I think it's going to be much. I think we're much after Christmas because I'm going to be traveling around the world. Um, Whoa! Basically, wow. During Christmas time. So wow. Um, the world, as in the continental North America, United States. Nice. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so I don't think uh, I don't think we'll be back before the Christmas holiday and the New Year's. So a Merry Christmas and a heartfelt Happy New Year's to everyone out there. Likewise, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sandsbury. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you in like three weeks in 2018 for the Gentleman Podcast. Wow. Feliz Navidad, everybody. <laughs>